Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. First of all, if you are new here and this is your first time listening to the show, I couldn't be happier to have you in this community. It's really a family. Make sure you're following along on Instagram at Seeing Other People. That's where the good stuff happens. We get all the AMAs, the Q&As. We're all, you know, coming together and sharing advice and it's such a special place and the listeners here are so amazing. So to anyone who's new, welcome. To anyone who is not new, I love you all and I am so excited to keep on keeping on with you. A few little updates. I officiated Kerwin's wedding the other weekend. Oh my God. It was absolutely without a doubt the most special thing I have ever done. I didn't really get through it without crying, but that's okay. I think at one point I started to choke up and I was like, oh boy, and everybody laughed. It it was such a magical, special thing. I think the best part about it. Okay, so backing up for those who don't know, my best friend, we met on the first day of freshman year of college, Kerwin. She's been on a few episodes. Her name's Sarah, but we call her Kerwin, though now her name's not Kerwin anymore. But we've been best friends. We've lived together over the years. We travel a ton together. And she and her now husband, Sam, met on Hinge in 2018. And last year, they asked me if I would officiate their wedding for them. And I was in absolute shock. Obviously, I've never done this before, you guys. But I am so grateful that I had that opportunity. And if you ever have the chance to do this, I highly recommend. This is one of those things. It was on my lifelong bucket list. Yes, I obviously have a lifelong bucket list. If you know anything about me, know that I have lists of literally everything. And I mean everything. Um, That'd be a really funny episode to go through lists from my phone from like 15 years ago. But it was so special. And I, I never expected that I would actually get the chance to do this. And I did. So that also helped me get over my fear of public speaking, um, which I do have. You guys, literally, I would run out of presentations in high school. Like I'd get up to the front of the class and words wouldn't come out and I'd start hysterically crying and I'd run out. That's the real Alana Dunn. And everyone's like, oh, but you host a podcast. Like you do public speaking every day. And I'm like, no, I sit in my room or my apartment at my kitchen table and talk to a computer. That is so different. But I had to throw myself into it, but the back-to-backs, the officiating the wedding, and then had my first live event. It was with Mindset Wellness CBD, Natasha Pearl Hansen, and the Moxie Hotel in Times Square, and it was so great. It was a great dating panel. Shout out to the listeners who came out. Oh my God, that made my world. You guys, thank you so much. Like I couldn't believe that you guys actually showed up. Like That was so pleasantly surprising and made me feel like, oh this is kind of real what I'm doing here. Cool. And and my parents were there and it was just really special. So yeah, thank you guys for coming. It was so great to meet you. And I definitely am going to be doing more of these in the future if you're in the New York area and hopefully I'll be traveling for them sometime soon. Maybe, Maybe that's a 2023 goal to do a little tour. So got over my fear of public speaking. Check. We're stoked about that. And then one other thing I wanted to mention in this intro, I didn't ask me anything over the week and somebody asked a question that was really challenging to answer. The question was, are you the happiest you've been? And my answer was, this is a really hard question. I think there have been times when I've been happier because of really high highs, whether it be with my career, my passions, my friends, or my dating life. And obviously there were times with like a lack of responsibility, like in college where I was just prioritizing fun. So yes, there were times when I think I've been happier and more carefree, but I also think that those were fleeting periods of happiness and really sometimes like excitement or anxiety disguised as happiness. I think that happiness is a really bizarre concept that often is misconstrued. Because a lot of those high highs that I had in the past were followed by low lows or, you know, I thought I was happy, but really I was just overwhelmed with so many different things going on. Or, you know, there's one thing I wanted so badly and I finally got it, whether that be a job or a guy. And I thought that meant that I was truly genuinely happy, but really it was just this thing that I wanted so badly and then I accomplished it. And then it probably didn't go as well as I expected or, you know, those rose-colored glasses came off of it. So it's tough. Happiness is a really tough thing. And it's one of those things that we really don't give enough attention to. 
you know, we think we're just happy or we're not happy. And I think there are a thousand different levels of it. It's like 50 shades of gray, 50 shades of happiness. But am I the happiest I've ever been? I don't know. I, I can't say that I am. But what I can say is that I'm the most comfortable and stable and myself that I've been. And I think that that is worth a lot more than being the happiest that I've been. I also think it's just unrealistic to be so happy or to expect that because, you know, these great things are happening, you're just covered in a blanket of happiness. You know, life is also really hard. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. I got a lot of interesting responses to that. And I think it's something that I'd love to explore a little more. But not today, because guess what we have today? We have Erica Shea on the podcast. And the fact that I went this whole intro without talking about Erica Shea is mind-blowing because I have been so excited for this episode to come out since we recorded it. And I've been so excited to record with her. Erica is somebody that I feel like I've known her for the last like five or 10 years through social media. Um, I used to work in radio for those who don't know. I have a pretty extensive background in the music industry. That's really kind of what I studied in college and what I spent my college summers and, you know, semesters and nights and weekends doing was really just trying to get my foot in as many places in the music industry as possible. And I worked at iHeartRadio both in New York and in LA. And um, Erica has worked at iHeartRadio. She was the producer for Ryan Seagrass. And now she is on her own morning show in San Diego. So for my California people, you definitely have heard Erica Shea before. And she is one of those people that is just so real and genuine and relatable. And she has her own podcast called Oversharing. And for any of my girls who listen to Tinks, like, Erica is honestly hot take next level tinks. Like I feel myself agreeing with more that Erica says and that Tink says. And like, I feel myself, you know, nodding and being like, yeah, like I totally relate to that or wow, she read my mind. And so I think that's pretty crazy because you guys know I fucking love Tinks and I really think Erica is like the next Tinks. So this is such a great episode. We talk about a lot. You guys are always asking about meeting people in person, long distance relationships, you know, being always the bridesmaid, never the bride, going to a million weddings. Erica is the expert on all of these things Um, unintentionally. That is not her goal. She did not set out to be the expert on these things, but she now is. And she has an amazing story of how she met her now partner. And you guys are going to love it. I'm not going to give any spoilers. So let's do it. Let's get into the episode. All right. And we are here. Erica Shea, welcome to seeing other people and formally welcoming you into my life. I can't believe like I've (laughs) known of your podcast and of you for years now. And we have like been Instagram friends forever. And here we are finally. So thank you. I'm really excited. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited. I feel like this is our first date. Yes, that's what it feels like. You know, I already know that there is a future. Yes, here. I'm really excited about it because it's just like a good first date is really important. So, yes. So, obviously, we're going to get a lot into dating yes. and there's so much fun stuff for us to talk about. But I'd love to just kind of set the stage with like where you are in your life right now, how you ended up, you know, like talking about your life and many other things on the radio. And I know you also have a new podcast. I do. I do. So I actually started in radio when I was 17. I was just like a high school senior and my dad knew a guy and I was always really, I always told people like, oh, I want to be the next Ryan Seacrest, which comes into play in a moment. Um, And so I started just like doing radio and working there part time during my senior year. And then throughout college, I didn't really work in radio, but I was still in entertainment. And afterwards, I just I honestly, sometimes I'm like, I blinked and I've been doing this for 12 years of my life and it's really crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was producing in LA for Ryan Seacrest for the last seven years and had always wanted to be on air. And then things just kind of fell into place. I used to have a podcast called Almost On Air and that podcast kind of led to me and my former co-host both getting on-air jobs. So I moved to San Diego five months ago and I'm like a third mic on a show here in San Diego. And it's like, it's been the most exciting thing because I'm finally doing what I always wanted to do. And it's that is great. So incredible. And it's so funny because I was probably doing the same like types of internships and stuff that you were doing, but I was at New York iHeartRadio yes. while you were in LA. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and 
what I love about radio is I end up making so many friends around the country from it because it's this very unique experience. So I didn't realize that you were at iHeart New York ever. Yep. I, before I was in dating, I was in the music business and <laughs> I, I was never imagined that I was going to leave that. Yeah. In dating. Isn't that well. a crazy thing? You're like, I work in dating. In like, dating. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. And then because I'm like on a radio show, obviously in radio, your breaks are three minutes. Like you have a very limited time to get your point across and to get your story across. And so I just launched a podcast called Oversharing where I basically, if there's something that I wanted to talk more about that we didn't have time for, I turn it into a whole episode. Um, and I do each episode is about kind of a different topic and I've done, th- I mean, we're brand new. So um, I've done like closure, confidence, uh, main character energy. There's a couple others, but Yeah. I love that so much. And it's great that you realize like, no, there is more you want to dive into about certain topics. Oh and you're like, wait, like there, there are ways I can just go yeah. do that. Guess what? Amazing. This is what we do. Like we can make that yep. happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. So moving into dating real quick. Yeah. What is currently going on in your dating life? Honestly, the craziest dating story of my life is currently going on in my dating life. Um, do you want me to just go from the beginning just, of it? Let's go right into it. Go okay. from the beginning. Don't miss a single detail. Okay. So I guess I'll say like the most recent any form of romantic thing I've been in that's been more than a single date was just like situationships. Like I would be like, you know, talking to guys hooking up. It wasn't going anywhere. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um and so then I was like really, truly single for a while and was, fe- I, I go to so many weddings. I'm not kidding. I'm at a wedding like almost every weekend. Like, and it was starting to feel like this is never going to happen for me. Like it was starting to get like dark. Right. And, and for yeah. everyone listening, how old are you? I'm 29. So like in that age where you're definitely like, I'm still young, there's still time. And then also like, but what if there's not, <laughs> um, And so I was on, I had this whole month ahead of me where it was like two bachelorette parties followed by two weddings followed by like all this stuff coming up. And I was feeling like a little wobbly about it. Like I was like, great, I'm going to be like sad at some point. First bachelorette party, first night of it, walk into a bar. We're doing a scavenger hunt. What, What city are we in? Oh, we're in Denver. So I live in San Diego. We're in Denver for this bachelorette party and walk into a bar and we were looking for two things. We were looking for a guy to give us his boxers and we were looking for a man with a condom. And I, so drinking, obviously, I don't fully remember, like, I know me and my best friend walked up to this guy and I don't know which one of us asked, do you have a condom? But those were the introductory words to this man. Oh, my God. Um, and he did have one, which was actually a plus. because the, Yes. And the men in Denver would look at all of us and say, no, I raw dog. Like, I'm dead serious. So we were like, already we like this guy. Um, I didn't think much of it. Our other friend, so my, my teammate, got his friend's boxers. And then we went on our way. We were like, oh, we'll text you. We'll give you your boxers back. Um, But didn't think much of it. Went along our way. They were actually going to leave, I guess. And then they decided they were so invested in us winning, they came back to find out if we won. Um, I then end up talking to this guy. We call him Denver guy on my radio show. And I, for his sake, I will continue to call him that. So I start call, or talking to Denver guy and give him my number at some point in the night. My memory of giving him my number is very, very um, hazy, we'll say. That's okay. The most important thing is that it happened. Yes. That's all that matters. Totally fine. But it is funny because the message was like, if I, because he wrote it, it was like, if I could walk a thousand miles, I would see you tomorrow or something. Because I think the song was the playing. Song, yeah. Yes. I would walk yeah. 500. No, oh no, the Vanessa Carlton oh, one. thousand miles. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Even better. Yes. Even better. So, you know, we go, I go home that night, not with him. Like I go home with the bachelorette party. And then the next day he texts me and he's like, I want, if you guys go out tonight, I want to meet up with you. And so we end up meeting up with him after dinner that night. And we had given him and his friend a penis straw and like a swirly straw. And I walk up to him when we met up with him and he pulled him out of his back pocket. Like he had held on to them, which is like oh so God. cute. This is where the story gets wild. We're like talking. I'm my friends were like, it was like watching you fall in love. Like I was just like googly eyes for this man. 
And at some point he's like, I want to take you to brunch tomorrow. And I was like, no, I leave. Like I, my flight is tomorrow morning. I can't. And he's like, change your flight. So I did. Shut up. I changed my flight and I didn't know him at all, right. but I changed my flight. We had like a four hour brunch somewhere towards the end. He's like, I don't want you to leave yet. And I was like, I bet I could change my flight again. And I oh did. God. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> and my I God. finally left at like 10 PM that night. So we spent like the entire, we spent like 12 hours together and we didn't really say like, Oh, I'd like to see you again. Cause we both were like, what are we going to do about this? But once I got back to San Diego, it became pretty clear that we wanted to see each other again. And so three weeks later, he or a month later, he flew out here and spent a weekend with me. Were you texting every day? Were you FaceTiming? Like what was happening? Like texting? Yeah, but he wasn't a big texter. It was like I would hear from him every day except for maybe three in that entire month. But it was like one to two texts. And then we would just pick up where we left off the next day. Like it was not a lot of chit chat, zero calls, zero FaceTimes. And a lot of it towards the like the last two weeks was literally just planning his trip. So I like didn't I was like I literally at one point was like, you're real, right? Like like we this is like a thing, right? Um, And he showed up. I mean, like he got on his flight. He showed up in San Diego. We had an amazing weekend he was supposed to leave Sunday night Sunday night comes he moves his flight to Monday night um stayed an extra day yeah and then that's where we are right now so wow now we text every day FaceTime call like now I because I said to him the first night he was in San Diego I was like hey by the way a little after a couple drinks I was like um why don't you text (laughs) and he was like okay need to text more good to know I was like I just like didn't know you like I feel like I didn't understand like who you were anymore um so girls and men say exactly what you want from someone like I'm so glad you said that because that comes up probably every single week whether it's in dms listeners sending in questions or on an episode or amas where people are so stressed over like texting incompatibility specifically. And I always share this one story where like I asked a guy to like, are you a bad texter? Do you not like me? And he felt so bad that that's the impression that I was getting. And Mm -hmm. overnight he became the best texter. And yesterday a friend was telling me that after on a second date with this guy that she was into, she brought it up and he left saying, I'm going to be a better texter. And we're three days into that now. And so far he's been a much better texter. And People just don't know what you want unless you tell them. My best friend says men are puppies and you just have to train them. them. You just have to say like, this matters to me and therefore, and this man, Denver guy, is the most proof of that. Like I I said, the texting thing doesn't let me get to like 11 a.m. without hearing from him. Like always hear from him in the morning and like will call me, will FaceTime And sometimes I just have to be like, hey, do you have a minute to FaceTime? Because like, hello, I haven't seen your face in like five days. And then we end up on the phone for an hour. And it's like you literally just have to be. And I think the difference is, though, I'm at the age where I feel like confident enough to be like, Mm -hmm. if it's not going to work or if this is if this is an issue, it's not going to work out anyway. Um, And I feel like more secure in myself that I'm comfortable to be like, these are the things I need. Um, But it's just like so nice that. I learned in the last couple of months that a man or a man, a man, a man. can respond yeah. to like just being asked for something. Yeah. And it feels so much better to ask and know yes. either way if they can do the thing that you need them to do rather than to sit there in your own anxiety and self-pity and self-doubt. Totally. Do you know your attachment style? Uh, well, I was the world's most anxious attached person ever. Wait, was? Um, was. And that's then, a thing that can change. It's a thing that can change. This is a huge relief. Okay. <laughs> right. It's a thing that can change um, either on your own through a lot of work or when you meet somebody who, you know, your relationship with them changes your attachment style. So I'm very secure in the relationship that mm-hmm. I'm in. When I met Jake, my boyfriend now. Yeah. Oh my God. I was the most anxious person in the world, but because of how communicative he was with me, yeah, it allowed me to feel really safe. And he was so open with like wanting to see me again and how he felt that it didn't even give me the chance to be anxious. Yes. Which was 
crazy. And I'd never experienced that before. That's so similar to how I'm feeling right now. I'm, I had one day recently where I was like, mm, he hasn't texted me much today, whatever. And then I caught myself and I was like, okay, next time I'm in therapy, I need to like bring up anxious attachment style because I know I am that way. Right. Um, but it's, it's wild. Like I am, I feel like the poster child right now for like, when you think there is no hope, there can be hope and you actually can feel safe and secure with someone. And I told Denver guy this like on when he was here in San Diego, I was like, I've never felt so safe with someone and I've never felt so cared for. And it's like actually beautiful. Like I, I can't believe I'm like gushing about him in this way. He's might listen to this and be like, you're a nerd, but he knows, (laughs) like I tell him how I feel. So it's not like a secret, but, um, yeah. Well, you know what I think is so great about how much you guys are communicating and how, you know, you're not afraid. Like if he listens to this, yeah, he might call you a nerd, but like you're open to him hearing these things that you're saying about him and how you're feeling. And you were open to expressing that you needed more communication. He Mm -hmm. was able to deliver that. Like that is a sign that there is a potential like long partnership here because you guys are showing up for each other. You're communicating and especially in a long distance relationship, like if you can't communicate, there's no point in even bothering. No, there's not. And I actually was in, um, and again, I've told him all of this, that I was in a long distance relationship during the pandemic. It was an entire year without commitment. Um, not on my behalf, but in there. Yeah. Oh my God. It was like the worst situation ship of my life. I was miserable all the time because it was like, not only was he not committing, if I tried to talk to him about like, Hey, why aren't we serious or why aren't we official? And you know, Hey, could we talk more? Whatever. It would become a fight. Oh my and God, Erica, why didn't we talk sooner? I know. <laughs> you were in this? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Completely went through this. Was it long distance? Yes. It's the craziest thing. So I thought that long distance always meant like bickering. Like that was just like what the universe told me, right? Is like, sorry, your only experience long distance is like, it's just like going to be hard. And um, then in, in this new experience, I'm like, oh, it actually can be just as easy as long as you kind of set like a, hey, this is what I expect. Yeah. But wait. When was this relationship of yours that was I was in like an like an a situationship for two, three years um with this guy who lived in LA. Okay. Where like we'd we'd talk on the phone for hours. Sometimes we'd fly and see each other for right. the weekend and like stay with each other or whatever. And there was like no form of commitment. So that was one example. Another one that the one that where like every time I'd bring it up, it'd yeah. be like absolutely not like I told you we're not talking about this that was not long distance that okay one. but still um, those but are that, that was even harder I think because it wasn't long distance it's like well we're spending five nights a week together yeah what why can't we what what do you need more like what is, yeah and it's really it's just it, it's the stupidest thing like you know when you're out of something you can be like it's not about you it's about them but like it always is so yeah I keep that in the back of my head for like Hopefully I actually never feel like that again. But if I ever were to feel like that again, it's like, it's not you. Like it's just this person and the way they can't handle whatever's going on. Yeah. And I wish I could shake my old self and be like, Lana, you, there are much better people out there yes. who would fight to be with you, not fight to not be with you. Isn't it great? Like looking at my younger self and the things I accepted is like so sad. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I'm like, why didn't my friends like yell at me? But also my friends would be like, no, same. You don't need to like put up with this. They'd be like, no, but you don't, you don't see the other side of it. You don't know what you don't get it. You don't understand like the initial chemistry when we met, like all those things. But man, I think that I don't know. It's hard to say because I'm like, I don't know if this guy is the one, right? Like maybe. Oh my God. On our first, we call that brunch when I changed my flight to stay. We call that our first date. First date. Yeah. On our first date. Not only did I tell him or ask him if we were in love, <laughs> also asked him if we should get married. So why are we the same person? Like I would have this with Jake. Exact, no, okay. no, but I would have done the exact same thing in that situation. Yeah, yeah. I lit, and then I also told him like at one point I just looked at him and I was like, I think I actually like you. Like I think I legitimately have feelings for you. This is within hours of really knowing him. Um, I it's amazing that he's still around. But um, what was I saying? Something about like, oh, I don't know if he's one. I wish I could say like, when you know, you know, because it is just such a different feeling of 
actually being like, oh, you care and respect for me? Like, what? So, But you don't need to know. What you know right now is that this feels really good that's and true. you're really excited to see where it goes. And I think that's something that people get wrong all the time where they want to know right off the bat, like, is this going to work or it's not? And that's true. there is a literally no way to tell. Yes, there are some signs if something's going to go in a good direction or in a bad direction. For sure. But it's so hard because we, we spend so much of those early stages, like just wanting to know if this is going to work out or if we're going to get hurt or what. Yeah. It's like, no, like just enjoy it. Yeah, like what if we just take it for what it is and like the days spent good or like days spent good. And yeah. if they're bad, then they're bad. I mean, I look back and I definitely have times when I'm like, why did I stay in that relationship or that situation for so long? But at the end of the day, like there was something that kept you there and timing yeah. is what it is. And like, don't beat yourself up for it. Absolutely. So I want to switch gears a bit. I know yeah. you recently moved from LA to San Diego. Yes. And one thing that I get asked about a lot from listeners is, you know, somebody knows that they're moving or they're in their last year of school and they're not mm-hmm. planning on staying in that city. How do they go about dating? Do they tell people that they're leaving? Should they not look for something serious? Should they not date? And also vice versa. Like if they meet somebody who is leaving, this is something that I've seen friends run into. They're like, well, do I proceed with caution? Do I go all in? And you know, if it works, we do long distance or do I just avoid this potential heartbreak situation? Um, I'm one of those hopeless romantic people who my first thing I'm going to say is like, never, ever just avoid, like you Mm -hmm. never know what's going to happen. Someone, you could meet someone tomorrow and they could be like, I don't care where you move. I'm down. Right. Like there's so many people in the world who are like, I'll go wherever. So, but for me, I say that, but I know for me, I definitely had like a almost like secret wall up with myself and I was I was like accepting the bare minimum from guys. And so I would like hang out with guys or like there was like a little like situation trip thing again, but almost because I let it be that way because I knew long before I moved, I knew it was very likely. So it was Mm -hmm. a full like six months of buildup before I left um, and knowing I was probably going to be moving to San Diego And I was really bad about just saying, who cares? Like, let's just like see what happens. So my advice is definitely just continue to live your life. Like if you meet someone out randomly and organically, don't throw it away just because. Like just because you're scared of what could happen, right? The apps, I'm a little bit like maybe – oh, that was the other thing. Okay. The apps I would say maybe take a breather from. Mm -hmm. But a couple months before I moved officially, so maybe like – six months or six weeks, sorry, before I moved, I moved my apps down to San Diego. And I actually went on a date pretty shortly, like within the first two weeks of moving here because I had already like started talking to people. And it helped me just feel more like this is my city right when I moved here. So I actually do recommend that. Just don't do it too early because at like four months out, I did it. And a guy ended up driving to LA to have a date with me. And then it wasn't a match. So I felt really bad. I know I felt so, so bad, but we both had like fun. We just like, it's not like a romantic whatever. So it was fine. Um, but I just, it is hard to see yourself that way, but I would say if you're in school too, just enjoy, like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. People are malleable with their plans then anyway. I think to your point of like maybe taking a breather from the apps in the months before you move, I think that's also a really good way to just, you know, appreciate the last few months you have left in that place and, you know, not put so much pressure on anything and just enjoy. And yeah, like you said, if you meet somebody in person, like don't hold back from it, see what happens, but you know, focus on your friends, focus on going to the restaurants and the parks that you love and doing the things that you've always wanted to do. And See what's waiting for you around the corner when you get there. Absolutely. My last month in LA was one of the most fun because it was like I said yes to everything. I was just like, I want to make sure I see everyone and do everything before I leave. And obviously, I can drive back anytime. Like I was there two weeks ago. Um, But it's still, I think you're right. That time is super important. And also taking a break from dating sometimes is really good. So uh-huh. it's okay. Like I know I felt at times I'm like putting myself back in that mindset where it was like, this is just setting me back. But like in a way it's not, it was more preparing me to be happy and comfortable with the move and being quote unquote alone and 
just like a little reset, like just a mental no BS from the dudes. <laughs> yeah. What was it like, you know, like in between going to all these weddings and feeling like you're trying to find your person, but then having those yeah. doubts of like, well, will I never like, what was your, I guess, dating life like? How often were you going on dates? Like what was the biggest, I guess, pain point for you? Kind of paint that picture. The biggest pain point. Um, you know, what's interesting. The thing that I like hyper-focused on a little bit was these are a lot of people who have gotten married in the last couple of years are like my dearest, closest friends. And the thing that made me the most sad was my future partner won't have gotten to experience this, like these celebrations with me, right? Like I had to go alone to all of them and, and they're people who I'm so close with, um, which was definitely just like a way of the like sadness manifesting itself and like finding a reason. Um, I was going on dates, especially since I moved to San Diego over once a month, I would say like maybe every like three and a half weeks on average. And None of them stuck here. All of them were first dates that turned into, and actually a lot of them were first dates and the guys would be like, I think you're really great. I want to be your friend. And that was hard. I kept being like, why do people want to be my friend? I literally just want to make out. Like, I just like don't need to be your friend. (laughs) Um, And actually, you know, often they would make out with me and then say that. And I'm like, what are we doing here? But I think that... Do you make out with all of your friends? (laughs) Right. Like, wow, this is so weird. (laughs) But I do think that, like, men can sniff out when you really want a partner. And, like, when you're going on a date because you hope it is something long-term, right? And I think that's a big difference with having accidentally met Denver guy is... At that point, I was like, I'm in another city. I was fresh off a family vacation where I wasn't even thinking about dating. Um, I had someone else texting me like, oh, I want to set you up with someone. So like there was nothing in my mind going out that night being like, I'm going to meet someone. And I like I hate I hate when people would tell me like it happens when you least expect it. But in some ways you have to just like let go of the hope because I really think that men have an annoying like sixth sense where they're like this girl's looking for a relationship and even if they are too they like can't process it the same way we can um and so yeah I just like I think that's what was happening a lot during that period of weddings was like I was yearning for it because I was seeing how in love and happy these friends of mine were and then I would go on dates and be like I want to be in love and happy too and it, it just like wasn't clicking. So the minute yeah, I kind of, how do like, I get from, from here where I am right now to there at the altar? <laughs> literally. Yes. How do I get from sitting in this chair or standing next to you with the damn flowers, like to being the bride? Yeah. And yeah. now I'm like, it's going to happen when it's going to happen, but that's because I'm happy. You know, when you're unhappy, you definitely are like way more stressed out about it. I think that's such a good point that you made about like when you met Denver guy, because like you were being your silly, fun, we were being Care insane. Yeah. I, I want to make that clear. Yeah. Well, insane. yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, yes, I understand that. But like your mind wasn't focused on it. So you were truly just being yourself. Yes. 100 and, and really fun, crazy 50%. version of yourself, but yeah. yourself. Yeah. And I've had the ability to be completely myself. I think that might be another thing with like the dates I was going on in San Diego. I always felt like I need to like hide any insecurity. I need to make sure that I like present myself in this way that's like dateable and wonderful. And then it's like, ever since I met Denver guy, I don't care. Like he asked for my comfort food the other day. I was like, oh, it's SpaghettiOs with meatballs. Don't you get it wrong? Like, you know, like it's just like, I don't care. I would never answer that on a first date. Guys would be like, you're seven, you know? So I, there's definitely something to just being 100% yourself because like, do you want to spend your life pretending to be someone else? No. Yeah. I think that's another huge part of it where there's so much pressure on a first date to, you know, come off a certain way and not say the wrong things and say all the right things Mm -hmm. and make sure that you're, you know, being chill enough, but also funny enough and respectful enough, but curious enough. And it's like, it's so hard. And that's impossible to do. And the reality is somebody is going to like you for you. Right. Or they're not going to. It's like so simple, but we make it so much harder than it needs to be. 
Yeah. And it's it, it's like sad when you look back and you're like, why why was I so worried? Like it was either going to be a yes or a no. Yeah. So. And then we go home from the date and we like overthink every single thing that we did. And like, oh, he hasn't texted me. Is it, is it because I said something like right. that? Or should I not have done this? Should I not have texted that? And I think the beauty of your situation is that it was so carefree. Yeah. No, I was – I wish I had video footage of the way my friends and I were behaving that night. Um, also, I was wearing- Ask the bar to see security footage. Right. I'm like, look. Like, we think somebody stole something. We need to see. <laughs> Two months ago, we need to go back. Um, I was also wearing probably the most ill-fitting tank top of my life because it was like we were all matching. I had little oh pigtails in. Like, there was, there was nothing that was, like, screaming, like, hot girl. Like, and I, I respect- him for whatever it was it was like he was willing to just see the- oh also he was wearing two t-shirts because they had given him one at the bar and he put it on over his shirt and he's like right, we- so he was being a little crazy yeah too. like we both were disasters living so- on the edge <laughs> yeah <laughs> live crazy wear two t-shirts like you never know um but I guess also going back to like the dating before moving piece yeah there is a chance when you're like doing all your favorite things in that city and like about to move, there's a chance that you're going to be in a very similar mindset and you may connect with someone. And as long as it's not holding you back when you move, um, I think that it's okay to like explore that option. I also was super hesitant to get into a relationship like upon moving so soon to, or so recently to San Diego but long distance is actually great because he can do his stuff during the week and then, you know, I do mine and I still get to like learn my city. So that could be a good thing for someone just moving. Yeah. I will say there are weird perks to long distance that you don't Very expect. Perks. Yes. I remember I dated somebody for, it was, it was short, but it was still like a, an important relationship in my life. Like for like six months, New York to LA again. Yeah. And <laughs> I, <Wow. laughs> You love LA. I I really did. But here's the one thing about LA. All of my exes live there. Oh, you know, at one point, so did all of mine, even from before I moved there. Yeah. Guys I dated in New York moved to LA. Great. So I I, I have a place in the world where I send all my exes to LA. I highly recommend that because I never worry about running into them in the street in New York. That's awesome. Um, But. I remember being like really obviously like nervous for that. It like New York to LA, it's not a quick flight. It's it's a, a far it's distance. A commitment. It's a commitment. And I ended up realizing like, no, this is actually kind of great because like I'm busy, he's busy, yep. we both can still focus on our lives and our friends and everything. And then when we see each other, like we see each other and it's great. And yeah. for a while a while being what, like three months. Like I actually really enjoyed it and felt a lot more peace with it than I expected, especially with how anxious I was. Yeah. And was that before or after your other like long distance situationship? That was after. But this was actually like you're my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend. Like this was defined. Yeah. And and this was this kind of similar situation where I met him on vacation. I was visiting a friend in LA and she was like, oh, my friend thinks you're cute. And I was like, okay. And then we um we hung out for like one night at like the three of us at her apartment and then she and I were going to spend the weekend in um in Laguna Beach okay. and he that morning he was like I'm going to come and we're like okay so the wow. three of us ended up having a little girls trip <laughs> to Laguna Beach he gets That's his own hilarious. hotel room and you know we ended up like really hitting it off and um like we made out like the one or right. two, one, I think we stayed over for like one night. We and we ended up like making out that night and whatever. We drive home and we were like, okay, like bye. And yeah. he was like, can I, like, can I? Then we were like DMing. I didn't know if I was ever going to see him again. Yeah, it's weird. I've actually never told this story on the podcast. Oh. Didn't know if I was ever going to see him again. And on the fl- on the plane home, he's like DMing me and like we're talking about things and like making jokes and whatnot. And he like asked me for my number over DM. And then we just started texting and he started like FaceTiming me. And I jokingly said something about like, come to New York next weekend. And he had a business trip where he was going to Europe. Oh. And he changed his flight to stop in New York on the way back. Like also? And just came to New York. If and then they we were like, two, they would like, 
<laughs> I have a really hard time with that Do phrase. Do you not like that? Wait, why? I don't like that phrase. I'm Wait. anti that phrase. But what isn't it proof though? Like he wanted to, so he did. Sometimes, look, sometimes people don't know that you want them to. Sometimes oh, people okay. like want to, but can't. Like, I think there are a lot of exceptions to that. And I think they're, it's very situational. But yes, okay. in this case, like he wanted to see me. So he did. Right, right. It worked out to be able to. I guess Correct. like, okay, like the financial strain or like things that literally people can't do. I right. get that. But I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, I've had a lot of guys who just didn't want to. So like. Yeah, well. That's the, I mean, that's true too. Yeah. Maybe it's more the other. If they don't want to, they won't. <laughs> like they're never going to yeah. do it because they didn't want to, I guess is like what it really comes down to. That is true. If they that don't want to, they will not. Yes. The physical like rejection you just had to that phrase is actually hilarious. Like <laughs> that was so unhappy for you. <laughs> if you guys aren't watching on Spotify, go over to Spotify right yeah, now. Yeah. You and, just watched Alana like back. hate everything. Um, uh, yeah. It was like a very visceral reaction. It um, was. But but that guy, so he then stopped and then basically you started dating from then on. Yeah, so he came for the weekend and then after that we were like just FaceTiming every single day, like always talking, planning trips to see each other. And he just like asked me to be his girlfriend and we were like, I guess we're just like doing this. And he's like, yeah, yeah. we're doing this. And it was great for about like a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then shit hit the fan with his job and he had to be in like a different country every day. Long story. We're not going to get into that. No, that's, that's but, a whole um, thing. Yeah. Uh, Here's what I will overshare to you offline. Oh, but- yes, 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 yes. But here's um, the question for you. Cause you were like, Oh, he suddenly asked me to be his girlfriend. I've yeah. like, people keep asking me cause we're still, I mean, early stages. There's literally been two trips with this guy. People keep asking me like, well, when's it going to be official and things? And I'm like, that's not for me. That's not something I want to happen not in person together. Mm-hmm. Um, was yours like a text or a FaceTime or a? This was over FaceTime. He was sitting in his office and he was like, he like shut the door to his office. <laughs> like what? I'm in my bedroom. He's in his office. Yeah. And he's like, I have a question. And then he goes and like shuts the door. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like I'm nervous. And then he was like, I think he was like, are you my girlfriend? And I was like, <laughs> you want me to be? And he was like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm your girlfriend. And then I kid you not, my I was living with my friend Jesse at the time. I'm like, Jesse, I have a boyfriend. Oh my God. Isn't it like so? The well, he was like still there. It was yeah. really like in his office. Over Don't you ever like, like so juvenile when you have to be like, by the way, I have a boyfriend now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have to like call my dad. Even I'm again, it's, Denver guy's not my boyfriend right now. I'm I would say I'm going to go out there and say he probably will be, but a lot can happen. By the time this episode comes out, we will see. Yeah, we'll have an update. Um, But (laughs) I had to call my dad the other day and be like, so I'm like seeing someone and and my dad's just always so awkward whenever because I have two sisters as well. And so it's like anytime any of us are like, Hey, we're like seeing someone. He's like, okay, cool. That's, that's okay. I hope he's nice. Like he just doesn't know what to say, (laughs) but I'm like, I feel like I'm back in high school being like, well, yeah. There's a man in my life. I remember my mom found out about my first boyfriend, I think because we became like Facebook official (laughs) and she was like stalking me on Facebook, which I like yelled at her for doing, which like, of course she was going to stalk me on Facebook. Um, Middle school. Yeah. Okay. Like eighth grade probably. Yeah. And so she like found out about this guy and she was like, well, like what makes him your boyfriend? Like what, like what do you guys do that's different? I'm like, I don't know. He's just my boyfriend. Like we Literally gave you a nothing. kiss once, like yeah. nothing. Like he was just my boyfriend. <laughs> um, and then again, my, my first, my mo like high school relationship, which mm-hmm. was really like, I guess serious. We were together for a year and Isn't a half. Isn't that a weird thing? You're like, it was serious, but like serious. looking back. I mean, so like much. we thought we were going to marry each other. Yeah. Like, you're like but, I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, again, my mom found out on Facebook because I didn't know how to tell her. It was like, I don't know why those conversations felt so uncomfortable, but they were. Did you have siblings? I had two older brothers. I have two older brothers. So I have two older sisters and an older brother. So for me, like I'd seen it all already. Mm -hmm. So it was so easy. I would go home to my mom and be like, what up? You know, got a boyfriend, whatever. But um, I can imagine. Yeah, that's also not how I talk to my Is mom. Is that what you would do? You would go no. home and mom would say, what up? Literally, I've had two official boyfriends in my life. Like, <laughs> I don't say it like that. Um, 
But I do think like I can't imagine having that conversation as like a teen and you're like, I've never watched someone else do this. So Yeah. And I definitely didn't see my brothers like do like be open about stuff like that. And one of my brothers had a few girlfriends in high school, but they were all like in his close friends group and like we knew who they were and yeah. stuff. So this was, I don't know. I don't know why it was so weird. But yeah, she found out about my high school boyfriend on Facebook too. She's like, who's Matt? I'm like, my boyfriend. She's like, why did I find out on Facebook? I'm like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know how to tell you. Has yeah. that gotten better? Was the last time telling her different? Yes. I told my parents about Jake after our – maybe like – our third date I mentioned I was like going on a date with a guy and then after our fifth date I mentioned like yeah like I'm seeing that guy Jake again and they're like oh how many times has it been now I'm like I don't know like a few yeah how long did you guys date before you were like quote-unquote official I'm sure you've answered this before but so no so we dated we matched on hinge in January I saw your like story recently. Yeah. How I was, funny like, is that? Dying. Well, it's so funny because my friend, our mine and Jake's mutual friend Helena, texted me out of the blue, being like, "It's so crazy how like you and Jake are moving in together," and like yeah. like thinking back to our conversations about him, and I texted you about him like months before that. Yeah. And so she was like, "Lana, you need to do a TikTok on this." So in looking for the old screenshots of the text from months before when Jake and I had apparently matched before on Hinge, I found out that we had originally matched in March of 2020. Neither of us messaged each other. And in September, I texted her that I was going through my old matches and there he was. And I thought he was like kind of cute and we had never spoken. So I figured I'll try sending a message. And I don't know if I sent him a text or not on the app in that time. I don't know, but I looked into it. She said, he's a great guy. And I was like, okay, I'll message him. Don't know if I ever did. Right. Fast forward January, he matches with me. I don't answer. He, he, t- he messages me. I don't answer him. A week later, he follows up. And then I ask Helena again. And she's like, Alana, we just talked We about literally it. did this. It's yeah. just crazy. So it's like he then also went back through his old matches. We had ordered no, matched again. Oh, you had like unmatched. Somehow we had unmatched and matched again. And he actually remembers. And I don't think this is correct. He thinks that he had, he remembers being matched with me and that I had something in my profile about wanting to be an influencer. So he unmatched me. And I don't think that's correct because even now I'm fighting the idea of being an influencer. So I would never back then have admitted like, I want to be an influencer. Right. I'm like allergic to that term. Were you, I'm trying to think of timeline. I know you've done this podcast podcast for a while. Have, were you doing it at the time? I had the Dating Sucks podcast for Hinge from like April to okay. July of 2020. So in his mind, could it have said something about that? And he's like, that's an influencer. Maybe. Yes. Or there could have been a picture of me doing something. That's so true. Right. Um, but, and then I guess the second time around, I didn't have that on my profile. So but he yeah, was so okay we, with it. <laughs> we started talking mid-January. Our first date was February. And then sometime mid-March. Yeah. Or like early March, I think he asked me to be exclusive. We had gone on six dates when he asked me to be exclusive, but it was over probably like a month and a half because I had gone away for a bit. Yeah. Wait, and but then, like exclusive and boyfriend and girlfriend are different. So I all I I <laughs> never physical. understood the difference. I never I actually don't either. But okay, so let's talk about this. Yeah, this is why I didn't plan this episode. Yeah, so no. I'm like, it's just gonna go. We have so much. <laughs> I never understood the difference. In my mind, it's like, well, if you're committing to somebody, then you're in a relationship with them. If you're in a relationship, you're exclusive. If you're exclusive, you're not seeing anyone else. So that's a relationship. Right. When Jake asked me to be exclusive, I definitely wasn't expecting it yet. I was pleasantly surprised. Because again, anxious Alana. Right. Great. For again, he's upfront communicating how he feels. It's making me feel really secure. He was also working a job where he was working a lot of nights, including mm-hmm. like weekend nights. So mm-hmm. his days off were Monday and Tuesday. So most of our like, I would, and I would also like take work off on Monday to like go on a, a fun day date with him. Cute. But knowing that he was working on like Friday and Saturday nights, or that if he wasn't responding to me at night, I wasn't worried that he was on other dates with people. Right. I knew, okay, he's at work. And I think that was really helpful for me in like feeling safe with him. And then he asked me to be exclusive and I was like, wow, this is great because now like, yes, I already felt good and I already felt like, okay, I don't think he's seeing other people, but now I know Mm -hmm. that he 
really is invested in this and, you know, wants me to know that he's not seeing other people. And that feels really good to me. And so I think that is what allowed me to fall for him and to feel Mm -hmm. more secure and to feel more safe and to feel like, okay, this is a really good situation and this feels really comfortable for me. And I was then able to get to that deeper level. You know, we started talking about deeper things. We started spending a lot more time together and involving each other in our lives, like meeting friends and talking about families more and stuff. And it was about a month later where – I'm like, okay, he jumped the gun with being exclusive. When the fuck is he going to ask me to be his girlfriend? Yeah. And every day that we hung out, I'm like, why hasn't he? Like, it's going to, it has to it happen. Like and then it, then it away happen. At you. Yeah. So finally, one day I look at him like, are you going to ask him to be your girlfriend yet or what? Yeah. And he turns to me and he goes, I thought you were my girlfriend. <laughs> Again, men, men. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. Um, but to me, in th- this was the first time where I felt like there was a difference. Because and you almost weren't ready to be fully together when he asked about being if, exclusive. If he asked me to be his girlfriend on our sixth date, I would have been like, I don't know that I'm there yet. Right. Like, I- I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. yeah like, I, I, I'm really liking where this is going, but I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. I mean – the whole thing is something that I think stresses a lot of people out. Totally. And I love that like you were the one to be like, okay, are we like, what are we doing? Because yeah. when is this, when is this airing? I'm like, because <laughs> like where I'm at is I'm like, we might as well be official. Like, I don't right. know what I'm, I'm not waiting for anything basically. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and we are not yet, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Look, ready, Erica, you tell me when you want this to come out whenever I don't care no 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 um, but like if you're if, if like a few weeks go by and you're like itching and you're yeah, like all right like I want to drop the episode the podcast. <laughs> do it press it, the button I'm also one of those girls and I like encourage all women to be this way like I'm not I'm not gonna sit around and wait too long like on some level yeah I'm like I want to like let him make sure he's ready without me pressuring him but also I'm just gonna be like so yes or no like do I get to tell people you're my boyfriend or do I have to be like this is that guy I'm seeing right <laughs> the guy I'm like flying to see yes yes and yeah. there's something really interesting about long distance and I think you'd understand where it's like once money and extra time is being put into it you yeah. you really have to make a decision Yeah. And I, you know what? I don't think that's a bad thing. No. And I think that's something that, you know, I wish people could kind of take a page out of that book and be like, look, if this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's this question that like is forbidden. Yeah. Especially for women to ask like, yeah, what are we doing? It's such an anxiety inducing thing. And it shouldn't be because you should you have every right to know what's going on in Literally the dating situation that yeah. you are in, the person that you are seeing and, you know, investing your time and energy and emotions into. Yeah. And I think the thing is like the whole it's like the what are we? Like the DTR, did you define the relationship? Like right. the labels. It's like it's it should just be a conversation. Right. And on some it's, level, whatever works for you is what should work. It doesn't have to match like what everyone else wants in the yeah. society, the world. Yeah, but I think if you're feeling anxious about it or if you're like, what the fuck is going on, just let them know how you feel and ask how they feel. Right. It's it's every day, like when you break it down, it's so easy. It's so simple. But it's but, so hard to do. <laughs> but somehow, yeah, it's like just trauma. I don't know. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. Okay, I want to ask you one more thing that I've been thinking a lot about. And do you listen to Tink's? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah. she recently in her episode that literally came out yesterday or something, she was talking about how she met a woman who was saying that men don't like super powerful, strong women. Mm-hmm. And like I would classify you as like a strong woman. And thank you. Has your boyfriend always been cool with that? So supportive. So cool. And this is one of the reasons that I I felt really like comfortable with him and felt like really into him was right off the bat, like he asked me so many questions about the podcast, about what I was mm-hmm. doing. Like, you know, I was a month into the show and to not working at Hinge anymore when mm-hmm. we met. And then he started listening every single week. And he was so invested and like watching all the stories and answering the polls and talking about so the guests. Cute. And I was like, great. Like, this is somebody who really supports me. Right. And I like I support him and everything that he's doing too. And I think, you know – gender roles and expectations and all that 
look, if you're somebody who, if you're a guy and you really want to be like bringing home the bacon and the leader of the household, like fine, but not you better at have a really good job. Right. <laughs> but like, don't, that doesn't mean you shouldn't still support the woman that you're dating and the things that she wants to do. Definitely. And I do feel like, you know, we're, we've moved like mountains in terms of getting there and, and progressing. Right. But I don't know. I haven't experienced that in my dating life where people felt uncomfortable because of what I did. Okay. I have, which is why, I, I mean, it's luckily right. not in this current situation. Yeah. But in the past, it's been guys being like, well, don't talk about me on the radio. Or like, you know, I don't want anyone to know that we're dating. Not because they were like embarrassed, but like because of the radio thing. And also because I think I have a pretty strong personality. Sometimes they just like couldn't handle it and felt the need to like outstrong me. And it was, it's not, it wasn't until you like step away from a situation like that where you realize like how bad that is. So I think the difference in our situations might be that like being on the radio, it's like who's listening to the radio? Their parents and their parents. Sure. That's true. And anybody who lives in the literally community. any person in the city could turn it on at any time. Exactly. Right. And I think that's the difference. And I would have guys ask me, like, oh, are you going to like talk about me on the podcast? Are you going to write a meme about me? And I'm like, maybe, but I'd never say your name and I'd never say anything that you wouldn't feel okay For with. Sure. And so I think but the difference is like people would need to actively be following me or mm-hmm. listening in order to access that. And with you and being on the radio, I think that is slightly different where like their parents could literally hear about this horrible thing that they did. True. And you know, also whether or like, not, you, whether or not their name was mentioned, it's I was just say, like, like, there's no names, but right. Like no. if someone knows like they're dating me, then it's, it's yeah. there, but it's such an interesting thing. And also I'm like, there are men out there who will support you no matter what you do. Yeah. So like and those for, are the people you want to be with. Yeah. At the end of the day, the good guys eventually filter. rise to the top. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> at I just, the very end of the day, long, yeah. long, long, long day. <laughs> when you really think there's no one left, yeah. somehow they surface. red eye and you had the craziest work day and you're so tired, but you've had so much coffee that you can't go to sleep. That. That's that when, when they'll they say, hey, <laughs> what's <Yep>. up? <laughs> How's it going? They'll say, uh, what up? <laughs> yeah. Got, basically, like the fact that I'm a girl with hope and trying to give hope to other people right now is shocking. Like through my life, I've been like, going to be alone forever, which is like bad energy to put out, by the way. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, so if, if I can change, anyone can change. Anyone can. <laughs> Well, I love hearing that. And hopefully this episode has given people hope. And and trust me, like I was in that boat for so long too. And I'm, I I live to tell the tale. Yeah. Here you are with hope. (laughs) Yes. Last question for you. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? Ooh, man, that's a, that's a hard one. I'm sorry. It's fine. Let me think about it for a moment. It definitely comes from like my sisters. They give me a lot of advice. They're older. One's married. Actually, one's divorced. So wait, one's married. (laughs) One is divorced, but in like a long-term relationship now. And so she's learned a lot. And I think the best advice would be don't do anything because you feel you have to. So like for her, she was like, it just felt like the timeline was that, of course, that person that I loved at 27 was who I should marry. And she's like, I mean hopefully she doesn't care that I'm like sharing, but there was nothing wrong with them. There was nothing wrong with them as a couple. It just was that they thought that's what they should do when in hindsight, they should have just grown up more and realized like they had a nice relationship and that can be that, right? Like you don't have to marry everyone you have a nice relationship with. Um, And because I was really having a hard time with timelines for a long time and she would just constantly remind me like just it'll happen, but like you just don't do something because you feel like you have to right now. Yeah. I love that. that. Yeah. That's something I definitely worry about, you know, being in the place in my life where a lot of my friends are starting to get engaged and married. Like it just seems like everyone's just doing it to do it now. Yes. Yes. And you start to worry about, I mean, I don't actually really worry about many of my friends because the ones getting married have all been together for so long and like Mm -hmm. it's a real choice, but you definitely see people start to get engaged maybe on more peripherals. And I'm like, Right. Are you sure? 
Have you talked about things? (laughs) Do you know how you're going to act? Like, yeah. Do you know what you guys want? (laughs) Just little minor questions. Um, It's like when the younger girls from college get engaged. And I'm like, I'm just being protective. But like, are we sure? Do you know who you are yet? Because, man, the person I was at 26 is really different from today. Yeah. Even at like 20, yeah, 25, 26. Ugh. I'm so a very bad. different Alana than 25-year-old Alana. Right? Yeah. Blessed. Blessed Erica, to be. <laughs> thank you so much for You're being so here. Where can everybody find you and listen to more of you? Yes. My podcast is called Oversharing with Erica Shea. It's wherever you search for that. And then Instagram, TikTok, I'm at Erica Shea, which is E-R-I-C-A-S-H-E-A-A-A. Yeah. Just three of them at the end. <laughs> You got it. You got it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. You'll have to come on my show sometime. Oh my God. I would love to overshare. Perfect. More than I already knew. Amazing. Everyone who tuned in, don't forget to follow Erica. I obviously have her tagged in the show notes and on the Instagram story and check out oversharing and send this to your group chat. This is such an amazing episode. This is so fun. I've had an absolute blast. I know everybody can take away so much from this and laugh a lot. And if you have not yet given a five-star rating and review, please do and share it on your story and tag us. All right. Love you guys. I will talk to you soon.